Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Vicki Duval, thank you so much for joining me. I have such a special guest for today's episode, and I can't wait for us to be blessed with all his knowledge. Roland Thornquist has been the head coach of the University of Florida women's team since 2001, and he is one of the most accomplished coaches in college tennis history. His drive and commitment to excellence is evident through his endless list of accomplishments, which include four NCAA team championships. 11 SEC regular season titles, 10 SEC tournament crowns, and a 438-75 to record as a head coach of the Lady Gators. There's so much I want to get into, and I'm so excited. But firstly, Ro, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? How has quarantine life been? What's up, Vicky? Uh, thanks for having me. This is super exciting. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, we were just abruptly... Uh, canceled in the middle of the season there and uh, it was a little bit of an adjustment at first clearly because uh, within two days we lost all our players you know they just left they just went home and so uh, you go from you know running 100 miles an hour to you know sitting by the lake watching the birds fly and mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of getting used to yeah I know that you got a puppy recently too so i'm sure that's been helping with the quarantine a little bit but how's the puppy doing is it behaving or being a total puppy <laughs> uh, let me tell you i don't know if, i don't know if she's helping but uh you know she's keeping me busy we uh yeah we we've had a uh, german shepherd uh before you know she's uh her name is ibra and she's four and a half and we figured now would be a great time to add a Play partner, you know. So we added another German Shepherd whose name is Messi, and Messi just turned four months. And uh, you know, the first few weeks were just a whirlwind. But she's a sweet girl, and she loves to play, and we're having a blast. I love it, and I've seen some of the pictures. The most adorable ears I've ever seen. She looks like she could fly away with those ears. Yeah, um, that's right. So I have a little segment on this podcast where I give my sideliners a song of the week. And of course, I'm going to give you the honors today. No pressure, but we expect a lot. What song do you have for us this week? Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> what decade I is that? That <laughs> was about right after I was born. Oh, Ro! <laughs> it's, a, it's a timeless piece. <laughs> Alright, I'll listen to it after this recording. <laughs> there you go. When he gets up under the lights to play his thing Then Harry does 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, so I want to go back in time a little bit and talk about your early days entering the college scene. I know you played on tour briefly and reached a career-high ATP ranking of 290. Did you always have in your mind that you wanted to be a college coach, or was that an opportunity that just came about? No, I I wanted to be a player. I, uh, ever since I started playing tennis late, I was 14 when I started playing, and you know I fell in love with the game immediately, coming off of hockey and soccer in Sweden. And uh, played every day, played with my dad. And then um, when I came over to the U.S. and started having some success in my late teens, early 20s, uh, I, I just really wanted to be a professional player. And so when I finished my eligibility at North Carolina, I played for a year. And then uh, my wife and I got married. And I sort of the travel, I was, I was traveling by myself. And it was, it was rough, frankly. Didn't have anybody to practice with some days, and you know, uh, it's just a lonely uh, uh, lifestyle if if you don't have a coach with you full time. And so, at that point, I had some uh, classes left to take to Carolina in order to graduate, and so I went back to Carolina and helped Sam Paul with the men's team there. Uh, so I was the men's assistant as I was finishing my degree, and. Uh, I just loved coaching from the first uh, first day. Yeah, and I, and I can definitely, you know, it's it's funny how that's just how it is for so many players. Like, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to have, you know, four or five, six people with you. And that's something I want to get into a little bit later in the episode as well. It's such a different life, obviously, being in college and then, you know, being on tour. You've led a lot of impressive teams over the years to win championships and absolutely shatter records. Um, But I want to take a moment to highlight the 2010 to 2012 squad specifically. Florida ended that season with a 31 and one record and the 2011, 2012 team extended its overall home winning streak to 107, making it the longest run by an NCAA division one women's team of any sport, which is, so incredible when you think about those moments with the Gators how were you able to achieve such consistent success over the years obviously leading up till now well it begins and ends with players Vicky you know the um, the most important thing is that you have quality players and perhaps even more importantly really quality people who buy into the team thing and who uh, feel honored and, and respect the way they represent not only the team but our wonderful institution. And when you have great talent, um, you know, together fighting for the same thing, then, um, I, you know, that's when the real magic happens. And I would tell you we had some tremendous talent from 10 to 12 and um, uh, obviously led by our current assistant here, Lauren Embry, and Ali Will, two of the nation's top uh, players, uh, who you know bought into this Florida first mentality and and were willing to alternate the one spot, that just sort of 
showed everybody the way, and uh, you know, but it, it begins and ends with players, clearly. I read a quote in an article that said, there's not many teams out there that play with more heart and passion than the University of Florida Gators. And obviously, I would agree with you 100% that a lot of the credit goes to the players being naturally tough and having that mentality that sometimes people refer to as the unteachable, you know, what's going on upstairs. What are some of the things that you instill into your players to help them, you know, bring that out even more and help them reach peak success? I think it's uh, um, it's a lot of little things, but uh, you know that's a big front. You know, you have to. I think you have to teach a lot of things. One clearly is the way we train, and that we want to push them a little bit beyond perhaps what they uh, feel and think that they uh, can on their own. And that uh, that sense of accomplishment in training certainly helps confidence. Because ultimately, you know, the player will know uh, if the, he or she has done the work. When it's uh, when it's time to throw the ball in the air, you know deep down whether you really deserve it and have earned the opportunity. And no matter what people say, how talented you are, you have to feel like you've done the work in order to reach the, the peak. I think that's really important. And then um, we try to create an atmosphere where people have are playing for one another, and that's another way I think where um, a team can reach um, a new heights. Uh, I think that's really important. That not only are you really pushing your players, but you know you push them, uh, and, and they do it as a unit because that's really how you get um, uh, a, a team to to play sort of above and beyond the sum of its parts. Yeah, I mean I. An opportunity came about for me to help uh, the University of Florida in 2019 as a volunteer assistant coach, and it was such an incredible incredible learning experience for me, and I think one of the most impressive things I saw about you, Ro, was that you had such a natural ability to be able to balance being serious and being able to joke around, which, you know, you have to also be aware of all the different personalities on the team. It's something that you've obviously had experience with over the years, but what are some of the challenges, I guess maybe one or two, that come about with working with, you know, so many different people on the team and having to manage personalities? Because I imagine some days are tougher than others, but what's what's that kind of like, you know, on a tough day? Well, yeah, uh, you know, managing people is inherently... Uh, tricky managing really talented people even more so right because they really believe in themselves and their uh, abilities and, and sometimes that can um, be tougher to sort of streamline into a team thing but um, I, you know personally I really enjoy it and I think what you saw in 2019 and we were really blessed to, to have you because you made a huge impact on us but, you know, one of the things I think you see is that I really enjoy being around players. I really enjoy, you know, putting this thing together, seeing what the first day in August uh, looks like and, and trying to get uh, from point A to point B by the end of the year, you know. And, and I'm hoping that that's what my players see in me, too, that I really enjoy being here. And, you know, Lauren's the same. She's got a lot of uh, great uh, enthusiasm and energy where we want to help our players. And I think that's really important. And and that it goes, you know, way beyond 
um, just winning and losing. We want our players to uh, have, you know, these four years to be the best, some of the best years of their lives, just like mine were when I was in college. And some days, you know, uh, some players have uh, tougher days than others. You know, they, 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 they also juggle a lot of things with school and, and personal issues. And um, I think as long as we, we know and trust that everybody has their heart at the right place, uh, you know, as it pertains to the team and the school, then uh, I think the, you know, you have as a coach, you have to be able to give and take some. And it's when that trust is broken, perhaps when, you know, that the, it, it gets tougher. But uh, for the most part here in the 19 years I've been in Florida, we've had uh, players who really loved the University of Florida, who came here for the tennis and, and really are giving their, uh, all of their heart uh, to our mission. And uh, when that's the case, then, you know, you can, it's, it's easier, I think, to, uh, to handle ups and downs. Yeah, and I can definitely agree with you. As soon as I got there, you know, I really felt the energy. And like you always mentioned, talking to the players, the Florida way, you know, the way that we go about things and work hard and have that discipline. I think it's very palpable as soon as you get on campus. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but according to my research, uh, Florida has won four, four NCAA team championships in 03, 11, 12, and 17. Um, is there a particular one that feels the most special for you, or have they all been equally special in their own way? I can't say that uh, one is more special than any of the other ones, but I will say they're all sort of different. Uh, clearly, the first one in 03, that was my second year here in Florida. My head was still spinning, you know. It was a great responsibility to take over after Andy Brandy's success over 19 years here. And, um, and we were able to win the national championship at home with uh, almost 1,500 Florida fans in the stands. So clearly that one is hard to forget. You know, it came down to the last match, and um, that, that clearly that's really difficult. And then, you know, in 11, uh, beating Stanford at Stanford with Lawrence comeback, you know, being down 4-0 in the, in the third set uh, in the final match. Uh, you know, that one is uh, special, too. It was really interesting to see how 2,000 Stanford fans uh, quickly cleared the, the scene after we, we clinched it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the 12 championship, the whole year was difficult because I felt like uh, the team was constantly trying to measure themselves uh, by you know the previous year's championship team, and it was really difficult. <laughs> it's, it's always difficult to, to try to repeat. And then in '17, you know that was a group that had uh, probably probably felt like they had the best team perhaps the previous two years and were unable to win, and with some great senior leadership. And um, I felt very uh, you know passionate, and I, you know, I, I was really happy for them that they managed to win it. And, so they're all special, they're different, but uh, I wouldn't put one above any of the others. Uh, what a good answer. <laughs> I wonder if some of the girls would have heard that and been like, hey. <laughs> if you were like, no, the 03 one was definitely my favorite. <laughs> Your partnership ended uh, last year with longtime assistant coach Dave Ballow. And your former alum, Lauren Embry, now joined the Gators as your new assistant coach. What was that transition like 
to have one of your former players now be your right-hand person. I imagine it was pretty smooth knowing that you've worked with Bourne, obviously, so long before. But what was that kind of like initially? Yeah, look, Lauren actually helped us, uh, you know, in uh, uh, a few years, two years actually, as a volunteer assistant uh, during the MCA time, and so she, she not only has she played for us, but she's uh, you know been on the coaching side a little bit as well, and so. But anytime you get a former player who who really and you know not, you know that she's the best one we've ever had, so that certainly helps. But any anytime you get a former player come back, they, they they know how you think. They know the ins and outs. They also know what the final product is supposed to look like. And so sometimes with that top-down vision, it's easier to um, to handle the day-to-day stuff. And Lauren obviously knows what the final product should look like for a Florida team. And so it, clearly it was a fairly seamless transition. And it's great to have her energy and enthusiasm and, um, you know, she can communicate to these youngsters in the locker room what it's really like to be on the playing side of, uh, you know, championship nerves. And that's, uh, I, I think that's going to be uh, invaluable for this team uh, when we start playing for championships again. Yeah, I agree. And, and obviously one of the most impressive things about Lauren is her tenacity. She's broken so many records and been, you know, such a force at Florida when she played. So I think you know, for the girls to see that and see how tough someone can really be. I think that's invaluable, like you said. I can imagine the pandemic has also made a couple more things challenging, like staying motivated during isolation. We've all kind of felt that at some point. Have you still been in communication pretty regularly with the squad to help keep morale? So we have done a fairly good job. I can't say that I've been, you know, the best I've ever been here, but we've done a fairly good job. I, I will tell you that the, the the players on our team are very motivated themselves, and I really don't uh, never felt like I have to call them to ch- to check up uh, on their um, work or you know whether they're busy or not. Uh, rather, we check in to see how they're doing, how their family's doing, make sure they're. Uh, safe and healthy and you know how school is going um, I know they're all running things said so now obviously things are opening up and everybody's playing again so we've had uh, you know every other week we've had a team zoom call and it's nice to see everybody and then you try to text them and sometimes FaceTime uh, them individually in particular when you know there's something going on and you know McCartney just played a tournament in Atlanta and you know, we've had some other players trying to get back in the country and stuff. And so um, we've done a fairly good job, I think. And um, they, the most important thing, though, Vicky, I think, is they know that we're here. And if they need us, uh, they know where to get us and uh, that we'll always be there for them. But um, cl- clearly, this is a unique time. And, you know, Zooms and FaceTimes are becoming more and more important. Yeah, I agree. And... Obviously, a, a question that we're all kind of wondering, which I'm not even sure you have the answer to, but is there a kind of an idea of when season will resume? Well, I think here in Florida, we're planning on being uh, back here with first day of school on the 31st. And, um, uh, you know, we're putting together a plan to get our players back in the weight room and on the court. 
Um, the, we haven't really seen what the final product, product will be like as far as day-to-day with COVID here for us. Clearly, our lives will change until we have, uh, you know, a vaccine or some better point of care options. But uh, I do think that we'll be back on the court. I don't know if we'll be in our locker rooms, um, and I don't know what being in the weight room is going to really look like. But I do know tennis is a great COVID sport in that, you know, we're outside and, um, uh, you know, it's about as good a sport as any uh, in, in uh, trying to, uh, uh, well, trying to prevent transmission outside. So I, I think we'll have a somewhat normal training period in the fall. And then, uh, you know, we'll take it month by month. Hopefully we'll get a vaccine sooner rather than later. Yeah, that would be very ideal. I want to discuss one last thing to round up this episode. After being on campus and feeling the energy of the college environment, I can definitely understand how the transition from college to pros can be so difficult for so many players. Also going back to what we discussed earlier, there have been a lot of players that transitioned from Florida to the professional scene, most notably Jill Krabis and Lisa Raymond. I just wanted to ask you, you know, from your experience as well, what do you think makes that transition from college to pro so difficult sometimes? I think there's a multitude of factors. One, one is, uh, you know, what makes a really good college player is how high or how good you are on your worst day or how good you are under pressure when the whole world is, is watching and uh, you're playing for something greater than yourself. I feel like on the tour, really what gets you paid on the tour is how good you are on your best day, which brings in, you know, uh, a completely different dynamic. Uh, in college, you really, you know, your value is, you know, how good are you when it's five all and, and three, three in matches. So um, sometimes the best players in college, um, you know, don't have that tremendous upside that's required to make money on the tour, uh, which is fine. Uh, Another thing, too, obviously, is college is, uh, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're an individual sport but played in a team format. And so, uh, the, you know, some people thrive in that atmosphere and that environment. And um, I think probably uh, the tour is a little bit more of a lonely place where uh, you're by yourself and really it's you and your team are the only ones really pulling for you. Here at Florida, Gator Nation is behind you. And so I feel like probably it's a little easier uh, when you're struggling to feel all the support. And, um, and on the tour, it's uh, a completely different deal. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, speaking with some of the other players that have transitioned uh, from college to pros, like some of my peers on tour, you know, if, you, if you're in a situation where you're by yourself, like we mentioned before, it's just it's so different than having everything you know around you with the team and you don't have to worry about anything and everything's pretty much taken care of for the most part and you can just go out there and play you know when you're by yourself you have to worry about so many different things along with competing which i think you know first for the players who are dealing with that it can make it so difficult Oh my goodness. Well, Sideliners, I think that will wrap up my episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Ro, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. What an absolute treat. I was so looking forward to this. 
It was great, Vicky. It's always great to hear from you. You're such a positive person, and uh, I'd love to come back if you'll have me. Yes, of course. We would love to have you back for another song that hopefully I'll recognize this time. <laughs> the country is in shambles at the moment, and my heart is truly broken. I hope everyone is managing the best that they can and making an effort to spread love and positivity at all costs. I just wanted to get that out there because it was weighing on my heart, and I really want to make sure I'm spreading a message of positivity any way that I can. With that being said, thank you again for joining me today, and I'll catch you next Wednesday. Bye!